Hello and welcome to the sixth part of the politics of storytelling. Let's continue with our political reading of Carol Ann Duffy's The World's Wife with another poem from that collection. Mrs Sisyphus is based on the myth of Sisyphus, who as a punishment for angering the gods was condemned to roll the boulder uphill for all eternity, only for it to slip and roll back down again each time he reached the summit. The myth is generally seen as a metaphor for the repetitiveness and futility of work. In her retelling, Duffy gives Mrs Sisyphus the narrative voice. So let's begin by listening closely to that voice. That's him, pushing the stone up the hill, the jerk. I call it a stone, it's nearer the size of a kirk. When he first started out, it just used to irk, but now it incenses me, and him, the absolute burk. I could do something vicious to him with a dirk. Think of the perks, he says. What use is a perk, I shriek, when you haven't time to pop open a cork or go for so much as a walk in the park. He's a dork. Folk flock from miles around just to gawk. They think it's a quirk, a bit of a lark. A load of old bollocks is nearer the mark. He might as well bark at the moon. That feckin' stone's no sooner up than it's rolling back all the way down. And what does he say? Mustn't shirk. Keen as a hawk, green as a shark. Mustn't shirk. But I lie alone in the dark, feeling like Noah's wife did when he hammered away at the ark, like Frau Johann Sebastian Bach, my voice reduced to a squawk, my smile to a twisted smirk, while up on the deepening murk of the hill he is giving 100% and more to his work. Mrs Sisyphus is clearly very angry at her husband's neglect and her feelings have evolved over time from irked or irritated to incensed or furious. He is obsessed with his work to the exclusion of everything else, including his marriage, and feminist readings would see the poem as a wider criticism of such husbands the world over. Mrs Sisyphus's diction leaves no doubt about her outrage. It is full of crude, rhyming insults, for one thing, delivered in an increasingly shrill tone, shrieking, squawking, with a threat of extreme violence in her threat to stab her husband in line five. Her husband's words, which come to us as reported speech through his wife's mouth, are in contrast resolutely positive and undaunted by his repeated failures and his wife's reaction to them. Finally, the poem should probably be read with a Glaswegian accent, Duffy's hometown, where Scottish terms like curruk and durk, meaning church and dagger respectively, are commonplace. What stands out most, however, is the poem's form, which is a stream of consciousness held together by the insistent rhyming and half-rhyming of the word work, jerk, burk. Dirk, cork, bark, etc. The raw and unrhythmic effect is further emphasised by the choppy and uneven line and verse lengths. This is doggerel, a term reserved for bad poetry, the kind of poetry characterised by clunky, forced rhymes and poor scansion. Carolyn Duffy is a good poet, but Mrs Sisyphus is quite the opposite. So why has Duffy withheld the poet's voice from this particular speaker? We have seen Duffy gift many of her other female speakers in this collection with assured, even lyrical poetic voices. Think of Anne Hathaway's vivid imagery, an expert command of the sonnet form in the poet of her name. By making Mrs Sisyphus a bad poet, and through her coarse language, burk, bollocks, feckin, etc., a lack of education is implied. The voice we are hearing sounds working class, certainly when compared to the refined diction of Duffy's middle class speakers such as Mrs Midas. Arguably, this lack of poetic polish 
coupled with her aggressive tone, somewhat diminishes Mrs Sisyphus in the reader's eyes. This class dynamic is where a political or Marxist reading of the poem might focus. Mrs Sisyphus's rant is a complaint, not simply on behalf of women and wives, but working class women and wives. Her husband, meanwhile, is a slave to his work and a Western capitalist system that has exploited the labour of men like him for centuries. In this light, he becomes much more of a sympathetic figure, stoical, resilient, optimistic, all intrinsically good qualities, however much they infuriate his wife. Certainly, he could be argued to be more of a victim than a villain, countering the mainstream feminist view. A Marxist critic might indeed argue that Mrs Sisyphus's complaint should be directed at the capitalist system that demands 100% and more, rather than the worker who gives it.